and the power you possess. In your satin tights, fighting for your rights, and the old red, white, and blue. Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. How do you feel about having a co-host that is the prognosticator of prognosticators? He constantly calls out exactly what's going to happen months before right. it happens. You see, I'm a peripheral visionary, which means that I can see into the future just very far off to the side. Like Matt Groening, <laughs> who time travels. Right? I guarantee you that Dogs. he would... Yeah. So... There's something with Matt's and the future. Matt Groening from The Simpsons, I believe the conspiracy theory that he is the man that was selected to travel into the future. And he has that responsibility and he's showing us through his cartoons shit that happens in the future. Now you, as Matt with Packers Without Borders, I'm going to give you props, man, again, I have to, because last year you called uh, Stokes. And a lot of that had to do with Jair's injury, which we didn't know at the time. But again, I think what's happening, Matt, with this team, and, and it's a mental thing. We've talked about this in the past, but it started last year. After 2020 and really kind of coming into their own, learning Matt LaFleur's offense, second year of the offense, what happens? These guys start buying into whatever it is that Matt LaFleur is doing. And what he does is he takes his rookies and he throws them up against – the best players on the team and says, what have you got? And last year it was Stokes against Devonte, especially with extra reps because Jair was out and we were seeing all of these notes out of camp. Stokes is getting his ass kicked. Stokes is getting his ass kicked. And of course happened, he should. Yeah. And it happened the year before with Jair with Devonte Adams. So now you've got Tay's education onto the cornerbacks coming back to the wide receivers again. It's coming full circle in three years. Now that Tay's gone, you're, you're seeing, these cornerbacks push these wide receivers. Now, first day with Dobbs, I was like, okay. And, and Matt LaFleur kind of alluded to a little bit in his press conference. He's like, okay, one day, let's see if he can string it together. This is three straight days of him nonstop balling, balling out. Balling out. Balling it's, out. Not, it's not even like he's balling out. Every single comment when it's his name is he mossed somebody. He came back to the ball. He adjusted to the ball. He fought for the ball. And this is on Stokes back to back touchdowns in day two in one, a little fade route and a quick out route to him. And he mossed him on that fade route. He mossed it's and he, now it's tight coverage. Not, like it wasn't it's, like it's, it's the mental. It is, it is the advantage of not being a first round pick. It, that's that's totally it. Mm -hmm. He's a fourth rounder. Nobody's expecting anything from him. They're expecting him to maybe make the roster at the bottom of the 53, possibly just a practice squad guy. So he can go out there and he can just play and he could just let it all hang out. And that's what he's doing. And you could see it when he was running the first of his routes. When I was watching the practice and I'm watching the, him just running regular routes along the side. His footwork is perfect. His, his shoulder is perfect. His head doesn't bob too much. He is the perfect alignment of a wide receiver. Every single route he runs, he lines up 
it's dang near identical. This kid has it. He has it and he's showing it to everybody. And you know what? It's going to be Dobbs season. Dobbs season. He's the one that has beyond Randall Cobb, who you know is going to get his 60 catches, right? I mean, he's yeah. get, that, that's where I have him. He's going to get his. But again, Lazard is going to come in. He's not going to be the. He's not going to be the one. We don't not. We're not going to have a one per se. We're going to have, like we've said over and over again, a bunch of wide receivers really contributing, and it a might a bunch be, of twos, a bunch of twos. Yes, but solid twos. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's what we want. And you know, there's something to say about the last. I started looking at it since the concussion protocol stuff started. Right with with player safety that started trickling down into pop Warner and high school and college where you have these leagues in the off season. Most kids go play basketball or they go do something else. What they started doing in football is at the skill position, specifically wide receiver and tight end um, non-contact just learn to play the position, right? So you have these kids that have been crafting this stuff since they're little kids that are starting to come into the league. And you look at Jefferson last year or two years ago, you look at Jamar Chase, who are these kids that went through these wide receiver programs because they dedicated their 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 football career at a young age at that they're just coming more prepared. So the leap from college to the NFL is not that drastic. So the offenses are starting to catch up with the defenses from a college transitioning into the NFL. And you see these defenses struggle a little bit against these kids. Look at Stokes. He's a one-year starter cornerback shut down pretty much last year as, as a rookie. And you have a rookie coming in and competing with that guy where he knows. And now mentally, like you said, he's like, I can run with the ones. Yeah. And and he clearly can. He clearly can. I agree with you. I think Cobb gets 60. I don't think we see anybody on the team with too much more than 60. But I think that we see four or five guys with 60. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be evenly spread out. When we take a look at that Arizona game, no MBS, no, uh, uh, no, uh, Devontae Adams. He just no spread Lizard. it out. To, no Lazard. He spread it out to everybody, and that's how we won. And that's how we kept those defenses, you know, uh, uh, on alert. We kept those defenses guessing because he didn't know where it was going to go. I like uh, Zach. Uh, I like Tom playing uh, left tackle. That's not bad. I like Josh Nyman too. I think Nyman is a great pass blocker. I think that Tom is a great run blocker and I think that's going to be the difference in our offense this year is we're going to see before it was like what like a 65 35 65 pass 35 run you know 42 was the ending number there you go there you go there you go almost bang on I I'm just guessing you know thinking about the game I've only said that like three or four times on the pod have you I don't listen I don't listen I don't listen to myself either I don't don't listen keep going but I think I think we're going to see it swing back the other way to like a like a 55 45 where we're mm-hmm. going to be running a lot more and we're going to be seeing AJ Dillon and we're going to be seeing Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Jones is making a lot of money this year and I kind of want to see him used a lot more than he was last year. I know we want to save him and keep him and all of this other precious stuff, but you know what? I mean, if you're only going to give me the ball 10 times a game and pay me $48 million, I'm in. I'll do it. I'll do it. Right. I'll do it. Let's pump it up yeah. a bit. Let's see Aaron Jones out there for, you know what? 25% more snaps. Let's see that. Right. What we're going to see in the formation. So obviously 12 personnel, we ran 30% of the time, right? We saw dime more than any other team last year on defense. And how do you attack dime? Right. Run, run the ball. Run. So they're going to do the same thing. Maybe not as, aggressive where they're going to double and triple and quadruple Adams. You can't do that anymore, but we've got enough weapons on the outside to where if you leave them alone or you leave them one-on-one, they're going to win their matchup with the majority of the guys that they're going up against. Like, okay, you might have one good corner, but you don't have three good corners like us. Yeah. And, and they're even mentioning it that Aaron Rodgers is trying to get to his second and third reads and he's having a difficult time because the corner and we're just shutting that down. 
So I, I can imagine that's going to happen, especially when we've got a bunch of solid twos. Now, keep in mind, this is Aaron Rodgers. He's going to force some balls in there. He's going to make this stuff happen. This is just how it is. I mean, don't forget when Jordy uh, Nelson went down and the offense looked stagnant, he still threw 31 touchdowns and brought the team to 10 and six, right? So, and that was with McCarthy and his stale offense. So let, let's try and keep in mind, we're going to see a lot more tight ends, a lot more running backs. Uh, Watson not being out there, again, a little bit of a concern, two reasons. Number one, I'd like to see Watson out there right now. This is camp. Let's go. Pads are on. Let's let's see it. And number number two, Watson is now starting to get slid behind the Dobbs ball because we are hearing Dobbs, 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 and we're not seeing anything out of Watson. And Watson just finished signing this great big deal that was all guaranteed. And I can tell you, the only thing that's guaranteed right now is nothing. It's not for long in the NFL. That's what it stands for. NFL is not for long. What have you done for me lately, baby? And he's not doing anything. He needs to get his ass out there. I heard it was a minor procedure. I heard it was a small little thing. Let's go. Bakhtiari out there working rehab. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. We see him on the field and he's moving around. But remember now, folks, last year at the beginning of camp, he was running around out there with the rehab group and everybody was going, well, this is good. This is good. He might be ready. I thought he'd be ready for week one. (laughs) Boy, was I wrong, right? I feel a little bit more comfortable with Bach with this because I started looking at, you know, we've, we've got our, our wonderful uh, sports MD analytics doc um, who mentioned that the difference between Jenkins injury and box injury was that Jenkins was just an ACL. The problem with Bach was ACL and an additional injury and that additional injury outside his ACL and I've read, you know, I read enough articles and found some stuff out there to say he's basically quoted saying my ACL is a hundred percent. It's this other injury that they had to go up and clean up. So he had two injuries in the same knee. He's fixing up the second injury and he heard it during rehab last year. So it kind of reset the timetable. The timetable is mid September. Yeah. Yeah. So, if we have him back this year, doesn't matter when, because the first two games, look, the Vikings, I don't anticipate that they're going to give us a lot of pressure um, on the left side. Cause I think we're solid, but they do have two pass rushers. But what I like and the stupidity that the Vikings are doing is they, they actually have Daniel Hunter listed as an outside linebacker, a position he has never played. Remember the Vikings are switching to a 3-4 defense from a 4-3. And they're trying yeah. to fit Hunter a round peg in a square hole yeah. at a different, completely different position. So that's going to mitigate week one. Now, by the time we play them again the second time around, we'll see. And we don't even know if Zedarius is going to be there. But for week one, I'm not so concerned about Zedarius because – Well, he's still not out there. He's still not out there. So, say, so let's just say Wash – Bach and Zadarius week one, right? And then you've got Daniel Hunter playing out of position. So our offensive line issues, which I'm concerned with, are going to be pretty even. And I trust the rest of our team to be able to get us past those first two weeks. And then after the Bears, if we're able to get Bach back with that timetable, because when they're talking about him back, it's he's rehabbing. He's getting to the point where he can almost be to 100%, right? So like by mid-August, he should be done with rehab, done with everything. Two more weeks, three more weeks leading into the season of him getting into game shape. And then you put him out there mid-September. That is the most optimistic stuff that I can find. But the offensive line, dude, they're shuffling guys. They're bringing guys in. And they're playing a lot of Jake Hansen. They're playing a lot of Cole Van Lannon on the right side, mixing them up with the right tackle and right guard. The left side is where they're trying out, um, like you said, Zach Tom. What is interesting is I've not heard Sean Ryan's name once this entire training camp. Yeah, that is a little interesting, a little concerning too. You never know. You never know. This is the this is the deal, right? Remember, we've got uh, the new special teams coach. He's out there picking players, getting players drafted that he that he wants. Apparently, he was out there yelling at Amari uh, Rogers to stop fair catching the ball. Right, Amari won't stop fair catching it. You you got to understand. Last year, he had a handful of drops and some really bad decisions where he should have just fair caught the stupid bloody ball. Right, 
Like it, it got that simple for him. So he's got it in his head that just fair catch it, just fair catch it. Don't be a stupid idiot. Now you've got the special teams coach going, run, son, run. Right? So he's, he's got to get over that hump. This is practice. This is spring training. This is summer camp. This is when you do it. This is when you do it. This is when you make those mistakes, right? This Eric's- is where Aaron Rodgers forces the ball and gets seven interceptions into practice because he's trying stuff he shouldn't try. Same thing on the other side. Like just run the ball. Like run it back. Do what your coach is telling you. And every single player that they brought in is trying out for special teams. It's not the ones or the twos or the threes. These are special teams, wide receivers, cornerbacks, offensive linemen that they're trying out specifically that it seems that Versace is saying, go get that dude. Look, they brought in a Raider, right? The wide receiver, ex-Raider. They brought in an offensive lineman. Like it's, they're all tied to Versace in one way or another. So these are guys that he saw something in before. He's going to give them a chance for his special teams. They're his. That's a big difference maybe now is that he has taken ownership of special teams. You know, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. I kind of want to see behind the curtain and see what's what, but I, but I don't want to see it at the same time because I kind of want to be surprised. Um, I think this is going to be a good year. I think this is going to be a good year. I think with Devontae Adams being out, it's actually going to up Aaron Rodgers' play. I know we've had a handful of Bears fans out there uh, talking some trash. Oh, oh, ever since 2014. Rodgers is, oh, uh, you know, uh, uh, he hasn't won one NFC championship game. Ha, ha, ha. How many playoff games have you been to since 2014? How many playoff games have you won since 2010? How many anything have you ever done? Listen, don't give me this line. It's better to be mediocre. Okay? Because you guys would, you would, you would kill your sister to get a fucking playoff game. One playoff game. So don't, don't give me this garbage. Okay? The Bears suck. They still suck your whole team is under a complete revamp. I mean, you're, you're going to be lucky to sniff at third place this year in the NFC. Mm-hmm. North. Yep. Third. Lucky to be third. They're okay. fighting for third. Absolutely. Like the, all three teams in our division, it's bingo. It's where yeah. are you going to land? Because they're talking about the Vikings, right? Because the national media, of course, has to have these talking heads to, to stir everybody up that, the Vikings have a chance to take the mantle from the Packers. It's not going to happen. Like they're, they're our rival, right? They're the team that gives us the most fits right now as a team because they show up and play, but they've done nothing in the off season. It's addition by subtraction is basically what they've done where their status quo and they really haven't done anything. Thielen is a year older. I, I don't anticipate him taking a step forward. Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson, but they won what nine games last year or eight games, yeah. whatever that with him on the yeah. field. Don't, don't make it seem like one wide receiver is going to change it. The offensive line is not good. The only thing they have is a pass rush, but that's even, even that's iffy, you know, because they've got, it's, it's going to be completely negated because now they're playing a completely different system. And I know oh, well, the defense takes it. Does it? Because if we take a look at when we switch from the four, three to a three, four, what happened to our defense? Oh, we were better uh, protected on the pass. What were we? I mean, I remember Julio Jones racking up like 1300 yards in one game or something stupid in a quarter. And then, yeah, in a quarter, right. (laughs) In in like two catches. And then, uh, and and I also remember something that we've been fighting uh, every single year, including last year. And that's the run. Mm -hmm. You cannot stop the run in a three, four. That's all there is to it. You can't. And I know guys go, oh, we were better against. Listen, when other teams stop running the ball and decide to start passing, that's on the other teams. Our defense didn't make them do that. When you look at the Bengals game, Mixon was absolutely killing us. He was at 132 yards. 132 yards and the game wasn't even over yet. (laughs) No, and and, and for some reason they were like, yeah, we don't need to go to him anymore. What a way. What? Right? Take a look at when Minnesota beat us in that game with Dalvin Cook where when they never punted the ball or anything, they did nothing but run, 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 and just jammed it down our throats. Take a look at how many times teams on fourth and three line up and run it. Okay? It happens all day bloody long. Fourth and 20, right? Like there are so many instances that we can bring up 
where the three, four is terrible. Now on the other side of the ball, a four, three is terrible when you have a team that can really pass and move the ball around a lot. So I think what we're going to see against Hunter and the Minnesota Vikings is exactly what we saw with Preston Smith. We're going to see Hunter out there trying to cover wide receivers and tight ends that he's got no business. Aaron Jones split out wide. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden, Hunter's out on an island going, what the hell am I doing out here? Oh, you're about to get beat, son. You're about to get beat. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, I'm Welcome not... to the 3-4. Something I saw, and again, when we talk 3-4, 4-3, that's the base defense, and they only play it. It's not like they're playing it all the time. I mean, that is probably 30% of the time. So they're in special packages most of the time as a defense, or we are, not them, not the Vikings. Fuck the Vikings. And one of the, the notes I saw in there, all three days, the defense ran a 2-4-2 defense with two dudes in the dirt and four big, fast. You've got the two line, the the sideline to sideline in Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell. You've got the beef in the middle. They were trying out Jerron Reed. Here's where they start the rotations. You've got Gary, Preston, and then they're starting to rotate in these other guys on that second level. Because they can afford with Amos and Savage. And then you've got all three cornerbacks on there. Oh, that's five. And then you've yeah. got two in-the-dirt linemen. That's seven. And four linebackers or four pass rushers or four guys to fill in the gaps. That's how they're going to try to stop the run. It's, it's, I know it's irritating to us, Matt, because we see every time you say they're like, why do they have two fucking men in the dirt? We've got the players on that second level for the first time yeah. um, between the yeah. linebackers and our pass rush to be able to put two guys with two hands in the dirt. 7.5. 7.5. Okay. Quay Walker sack total this year over under 7.5. I think it's going to be under, but he's going to be a day one starter. Here's why. Okay, you're okay. 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 Let's hear it. So, and I have, it's, have you been, sta- I've been starting to stat my guys. So I've got him at six. Uh, the reason I have him at six is the way that this defense is lining up. They're going to have Kenny Clark is going to start. He's never been a big sack guy. We're going to attack teams through the middle of their, of, their offensive lines. We're going to come on the outsides with Rashawn Gary and Preston, but they're going to get so much attention. The guys in the middle are going to be the guys getting what Kwai's an outside guy. So the guy that I think is going to have more sacks than anticipated that I'm looking at, unless they start putting Gary inside, which I've seen them start to do, um, it's going to be Devondre Campbell feasting because the dude does not miss tackles when you get him in the arms how many times have you seen our guys get in the backfield and just completely whiff or miss or let the guy break free Levandre Campbell doesn't do that so we're going to go right down the middle the the fastest line to the quarterback is a straight fucking line the teams that we're going up against this year outside of not only in our division Lucas Patrick is gone for the Bears the, 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 the Lions have the best offensive line in the division, which is, I'm telling yeah. you, know, yeah. you've got a top five yeah. line, so I'm not yeah. going to hit the, the worst part of what the Vikings have is the interior of their offensive line. Their guard and their yeah. center are trash on the left side, yeah. scary time. Now, when we get into the playoffs, we're going to see the Bucks. They just lost their center, and they had already lost their left guard. So they're and first their tight end. And now they're, and well, and they're tight end who is part of the line as well. So Bucks, see ya. I mean, their offensive line is, is, is in trouble and it's all in the middle. Next, the 49ers. 49ers have interior offensive line. I don't think, I injury. don't think the 49ers make the playoffs with Trey. I don't think so either. But it's all of these offensive lines. There's a little shift in what we are doing with our offensive line. And look, we did not get rid of our offensive line guy. That is the one coach that we held on to with all of this shit going on. Um, and what we're doing is we're we're trying out these guys in the middle. So not only do we have Myers at center, they're trying these guys at center um, because they might even kick out Myers to right guard and find another center to fix that right side. We're really trying to shore up the middle of our offensive line more than we are the outside because the left is fine. So I think what they're going to try to do is get who's going to be that right guard to keep at least 
give give Aaron Rodgers 2.5 seconds. That's all you need, right? How are you going to do that? Yeah. Make him come around the corner, yeah. not down the middle. That's what they're going to have to do. So I'm pretty That's close. Exactly on top it. Yeah. So the way we're going to attack teams, expect a lot of A.J. Dillon. Hey, diddle, diddle. Run A.J. Dillon up the middle. A lot. A lot. That's my favorite right. nursery rhyme. That's my favorite nursery rhyme. Dude, yeah. I mean, Matt has – I man – I couldn't come up with anything clever right off the cuff. It's too early. Well, damn it. I was going to say, uh, I was thinking of Mother Matt, Goose. It was Mother got skills to pay the bills. It's Mother Matt. <laughs> I was thinking of Mother Goose, something of Goose that I was going to try to come up with, but it didn't work. Um, the goose is loose. You know, something else out of training camp, Rico Gafford, who is a guy that I have cut, who if you – if anyone does not know about him. He started out as a wide receiver. We, we brought him in as a wide receiver, converted him to cornerback. And then he came back to wide receiver and they're like, no, we don't need you at wide receiver. Go back to cornerback. And he's on special teams. And what he's doing is he day two, day three, he's the one who's been taking some punt and kickoff returns. Um, and he had a pass breakup. So when you're looking at that fourth and fifth um, cornerback, Again, special teams is going to dictate what players are do that. So keep an eye out for uh, Rico Gafford. He might be the sur surprise, but I've still got Shamar Jean Charles over him um, taking that spot. But I don't see Shamar Jean Charles doing anything on punt and kick return. So I'll keep an eye on that. But it's really nice that it's starting to shape up. You're starting to see which guys are running with the ones. And obviously, you know, Friday's practice was a jog through. It was nothing. But today's a legit one. So keep an eye on on the feed today on the Twitter sphere, on the Twitter sphere to see what you're seeing. Cause today's the day that they're legitimately the first two days, first three days, of, or, you know, it was two days, take a break. And today, today's the day that we're going to really see what's going on. And if, if Dobbs decides to ball out again, I have a feeling he's going to be the, the two on this team. Yeah. It's still going to be Lazard because he's the most familiar with it. He's the, has the most rapport, Randall Cobb, but we're, we're not going to use a lot of players in the slot. I think using the pony package is going to be with tight ends, having Dylan and Jones on the field, again, attacking the middle of it where it's either play action to Dylan, just smashing into the fucking line and just scaring people and play action out with little quick screen passes to Dobbs, to uh, Lazard, to, Whoever it is, it's on the outside. Obviously, Aaron Jones with the swing pass. That's a lot of what we're going to see with these guys in those pony packages. I anticipate that's going to be our most used uh, formation this year. 100%. Couldn't agree with you more. Let's uh, break for the first uh, half and uh, come back with the second. This is you and I. It's Jamie Cheese Butt. TJ Williams. Doran Starter Gun. Shelly. It's Reed. Randy McGray. Peter Nebels. It's Mick. Amy. No. Alex Brown. Matt Stevenson. What's up? Matt Ramage. Andrew Falk. Matt Kuhneman. It's Eric. Bruce Banker. Matt. Matt Fraley. Chris. Chris McLeod. The Macho Man Randy Savage. Luke Sog. Kristen. Kimmy. Coach Juan. Colton Moore. Dave Robbins. Kermit the Frog. Kelly Bruner. Eric. Luke Sog. Jeremy. Jamie Cheese Butt. Jimmy. Bales of Hay. Guys, tune in. Great show. It's not just about football. How fine What's your name, little girl? What's your name? Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on TeePublic, Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. Brussels in Belgium, Central Illinois, LA, California, Nova Scotia, Las Vegas, Nevada, Northern Wisconsin, Sweden, Sheffield, Warren, Michigan, Louisville, Kentucky, Seattle, Wichita, Kansas, from the UK, Chicago, Illinois, Granger, Indiana, from Melbourne, Australia, Omaha, Nebraska, Cincinnati, from Ohio, Nebraska, San Diego, from Willow Springs, Illinois, California, Nebraska, Northern Michigan, Austin, Texas, California, LA, California, Turkey, Kansas City, Indianapolis, Indiana, Southern Cali. You are listening to Packers Without Borders, the finest podcast in all the land. People move into this groove up through the night. Take a flight to Paris, do a show, watch the glow in the spotlight. Okay, so a little birdie told me.
you turned 52 last night. Well, <laughs> counting all of my Twitter birthdays, thanks to you, I am a 52. <laughs> but realistically. The best part is, is how I wish you a happy birthday. And I got like 10 DMs. Is this another joke? Is this another prank? Is this, I'm like, no, it's actually, it's actually his birthday. It's the 29th. It says, click on his profile. You'll see the little balloons. You'll see the date. And go, oh, all right. And it was a while before people. <laughs> I got like one or two with little question marks. They're like, is, yeah. is this the real one? It's like, yeah, this is the real one. <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it. So you, you went out last night with the wife. You went and saw a journey. Dude, bucket list. I have to tell you, if you can go see the new, the, the new front man for Journey, so 2008, amazing story with this kid from the Philippines. Um, well, not he, I keep calling him a kid because he's just, he's like my size, but about half my weight, and the dude's doing backflips all over the place. Like literally, it was back yeah. in the rock concert, a dude running around, you know, carrying the microphone, holding it upside down, running out onto the edge of the crowd, you know, like it was just the dude is very animated. Of all, so Steve Perry, the range in that guy's voice, just so you understand, and the reason why Journey is one of my top bands, besides the fact that the dude belts it. I mean, you listen to every single one of those guys. They are all individual musicians who could go solo anytime, and they've stuck together for decades. So, like, let's start there. But this kid came from complete ruin. His dad, through his mom passed away when he was young. His dad, through medical problems, could no longer support the family, so he had to send his brothers out with uncles and aunts to take care of him. He was the one that got left behind that had no place to go and was self-made. And he posted a YouTube video in 2007. Um, of course, the guitarist for Journey um, at that time heard him and they flew him in immediately. Like, okay, we want you to try out for the band. Got the job. 2008, he became the lead singer for Journey. And I have to tell you, man, I have it sounded like the CD, like his voice and his range is as close to Steve Perry. There's a couple songs where yeah. um, you get into those upper octaves where he had to kind of like the middle part of his voice is perfect. But once he started getting into those upper octave stuff, which is why I can't do, I can't sing journey dude, because of like, there's, there's a point where my voice is going to die and it sucks. Um, the drummer, David, oh, his last name i can't remember anyway the drummer sang um a steve perry song but it was all the high falsetto stuff so it takes all five guys in journey to, to re replace to replace steve perry but this kid is the closest i have ever heard dude i'm telling you like it and i'm not shitting you my wife and I like faithfully for us that song is and I'm pretty sure most couples that listen to 80s music faithfully by journey is one of those songs that just it's badass. I mean, it it brought me to tears man the way he fucking sang it. It was fucking awesome. It was wow. incredible. Wow. It was incredible. Yeah. So like, so so menopause has set in. Oh yeah, dude, I'm going to start letting my hair grow out. I'm going to get a pony. Are your, are your nipples sore? Not yet. <laughs> Maybe not, tonight if you're lucky. <laughs> you remember, like when you went through puberty, that was the most awkward fucking thing, dude. Like balls. Oh, the wind, the wind would blow, and you'd have an erection. Like, like yeah, it was, dude, like, it was the worst, dude. Balls dropping, fine, right? In the morning, yeah. would fine, okay. Like that's normal. You start getting yeah. buzz, but when you start changing into the hormone stuff, and your nipples for some reason would just get hard randomly, and you chafe them, that was the worst part of. Puberty. Oh, I, never, I, never had that. I never had that. You never had that. <laughs> no, no. You know what I did get though was the uh, the wind would blow and suddenly monster erection. Right. <laughs> it was like you'd just be like walking down the street and your pants would rub just one time in a weird direction and suddenly bam. And All right. Like, so, Why? so would you adjust up or would you push down to try to hide okay. it? Okay. So it would depend on what I was wearing. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you were wearing sweats, you could not adjust up. No, you could. That's like, an untucked shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's an untucked shirt. And you're, you know, and you're, and you're like, you're like, baby kittens are dead. My grandmother naked. Right. Like whatever yeah. you could do to get Margaret ready, Thatcher right? naked on a cold day. Yeah. Right. But if you were wearing jeans, you could adjust up because of the fly and the zipper. The zipper. It would give that illusion that you were okay. But 
like in 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 high school, if you're ever watching, and this is the best, this is the best. You watch the kids when I pick up my daughter. That you watch the kids walking out. Guys walking with the books on the side, they're fine. Guys walking with the books in front of them, they're not fine. The wind blew. Something happened, right? And I mean, you were so horny, you would make it with a snake. You know what I mean? It didn't matter what it was. You were like, uh, that's what we're going to do. Right. Yep. I mean, it was, it was so terrible. The You would just have goop on the brain 99.9% of the time. Now I only have it like 70% of the time. So I could yep. actually function kind of normally, but back then it was like, it, and, and if any girl said, Oh, Hey, how's it going? You were like, Oh my gosh, she wants to sleep with me. <laughs> Let's get it on. How are yeah. you doing? That's when you started believing that the strippers actually, you know, they fell in love with me, you know, or, 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 or the waitress at the nightclub. See how she's flirting with me, guys. She definitely wants me. Now, when I go and they're flirting, I just kind of laugh and I think, man, she's really hustling for her money. And right off the hop, I go, you don't need to do that, sweetheart. I, and, and I just, I hit them with a big tip and I said, we're, we're good. Go, go yeah. hustle another go guy. Ahead. I'm going to yeah. take care of you. Right. Yeah. Don't worry. So it's 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 good and it's bad because I wish I still had some of that you know uh, uh, thumper from Bambi Twitter pated you know uh, uh, the the hormones just immediately but it's it's also good too because some of those hormones I mean I used to get angry mm-hmm. like and 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 not just a little bit angry I mean like beyond furious ready to come to your house kick down the door, burn the house down and wait for you to come running out type of angry. Mm-hmm. And now, now when, I mean, I don't, I'm not even going to mention names, but I'm driving down the street the other day. And one of my employees, I had to get rid of, I had to, I had to let him go. It was, oh, you plan, so you get this, this is third shot. Cause I remember you said you gave him a second chance. I had to let him go. Right. I just had to let him go. It's a business decision. When you own your own business, as much as you don't want to hurt people, you also have to think to yourself, this person is taking food off my table for my kids and I have to make a decision. And I, and I have to let him go. Like, how is it yeah. affecting the team? It's like one person. Yeah, that's fine. But you've got other people depending on you, too. So that comes into play. Right? It, it's, it's that old saying, one bad apple can spoil the bunch. And that was yep. exactly it. I had to let him go. And I'm driving down the street and I'm like, oh, there he is walking down the sidewalk, right? So I don't make eye contact or anything. But as I go by, he flips me off, gives me the big, like, screw you or whatever, right? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Did he actually stick his hand and hook it? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gave me the whole, the yeah. whole gesture. There was some power behind that. Fuck oh, you. Oh, yeah. Stepped out off the sidewalk to make sure that I saw yeah. it. And yeah. I just kind of shook oh. my head and smiled to myself. You could have slammed on the brakes. You could have slammed on the brakes. No, no, no. I just, <laughs> I just, I just kind of smiled and I thought, you can have that. That that's all yours. Now, when I was, you know, 16, 17, I'd have jumped out of a moving car and chased him down the block, right? Yeah. Like I would have I'd have found a branch and I would have beaten him with it. Now I'm like, nah, you can have that. You would have gone so Adrian Peterson on him? Oh, I would have brother, <laughs> I would have taken his shirt off and I would have strangled him with his own shirt. Like that's why I, he's I, oh. that's why he's beating uh Bell. I'm telling yeah. you. He oh, has yeah. anger issues. He's gonna ring that bell. Yeah. So uh, uh, about 15, 20 minutes later, I drove up, I, I checked on my crew. Okay, this is everything's going good. Okay, great. And so I went to go check on another crew. And as I go driving down a different street, there he is again. And he turns around and he get, flips me the bird. And this time I throw it, I, I jam the brakes. I throw it right into park and I open up the truck door and he goes, he just stands there for a second. And I said, listen, I'm going to give you that. I said, but if I see you again doing shit like this, I'm going to get out. I'm going to beat you where you stand, man. And I'm going to leave you in a puddle. It's mm-hmm. up to you. You've got it. You got it. Good. Have a feel good about it all day. You gave me the finger. I said, you ain't getting away with it anymore. Act like a man. And he just stood there kind of looking at me. Uh, uh. I shut the door and as I go, drove away, he goes, yeah, go for it. Yeah, right. Right. As yeah. I drive away, who go for it. Come on, tough guy. There's you know a difference you- between the 17-year-old tough guy and the 45-year-old tough guy. The 45-year-old tough guy, he doesn't need to. He's not going to stand there and blah, 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 blah. He's just going to walk up and punch your teeth out the back of your head. The 17-year-old tough guy is going to try and psych himself up. Oh, oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to do that. And when I see that, man, I just laugh. I just laugh. And I usually give it like 
one time I saw two guys outside of a bar. They were like 19 years old each and they were drinking yeah. or whatever. And they were like face to face and they were just, oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to do that. And I said, you should just kiss because you're so close and see who's the better kisser. Suddenly they back apart. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Hey, boy. Right. Yeah. Guys, listen. There is so much negativity in the world. There is so many other people who are trying to bring you down. There's so many other people that want to see you fail. Why do you have to create more? Why do you have to go out looking for more? Try and surround yourself with people who want to see you succeed, who want to see you do well, who, you know, it, 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 it you know, like, like you, Bruce, you, when I see your number coming up, I know it's going to be a great conversation. We're going to have a funny time. We're going to build For each two other. Two seconds up. before my wife interrupts, and then I have to and call then, you back. And then you got to call me back. Every time, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. It's because she's in a set, the Columbiana. I'm telling you, watch that movie. That's your wife. I'm I, I bet it. But you know, you want to surround yourself with other people who want to see you succeed because it drives you to succeed. You want that positive reinforcement from those people. You want to hear them say, right? Yeah, I want to hear Bruce say, holy smokes, man, congratulations. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. This is, so you go out of your way to do that. Don't go out of your way looking for people that don't want to see you succeed. There's a, there's a laundry list that you don't even know about six miles long of people. Remember, right now in the world, somebody's therapist knows all about you. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's, that's my father advice. You know, that that's the same thing that happened to me. I mean, that's why I started playing rugby, dude. I had this internal anger and I was never good at communicating it. I always kind of kept it in, which is um, part of what I think is just that stigma, right? Like just, you need to talk about stuff like man need to talk about what you're feeling inside. The way we used to do it was, I get in a fucking fight and people never yeah. understood why or until I finally, you know, I went to therapy. I was 17 years old and they're like, what the fuck is up with this dude? Cause I was like, you know, I was always having to fight because I was the little nerdy kid, but I wouldn't back down, yeah. but I was always the shortest, like second to third shortest in the class, you know? So the big guys always wanted to pick on me and it came to the point where they're like, dude, you need to do something about this. And literally what I did for 25 years of my life, pretty much, please, holy shit, 26 years of my life um until i was 38 was play rugby and i would pin up everybody would do something and just pin it pin it pin it pin it pin it pin it saturday first kickoff it was like a giant like testosterone explosion of just anger and i would finish the game and i would be calm and i would reset myself you have to find outlets for that anger you know like there has to be some sort of communication and it's it's hard man like there there's there's times where you go through stuff and you're like holy fuck you know as a man um it, it's just it's born into you and there's certain things and along with everything that you're carrying from your dad and your grandfather and all these generations i was listening to a really interesting um podcast that my wife has me listen to in uh in spanish but the gist of it is that you've got ropes that are tying to your ancestry right and and the name of the, and really the pod was saying how do you cut those ropes right like how do you cut yeah sever those ties sever those ties with things in the past that's talking about racism bigotry all these different because it takes and it, it in your lifetime you're not going to change what's going on with your family if you've got anger issues if your fam dad's an alcoholic if your uh mother's an alcoholic if you came from a house that where they would beat you. You're not going to pass that on to your kids, you, but you're still carrying it. But it's not until your kids show up that they kind of officially break that, that tie to your past. And when they talk about your past and what you're dragging, you be have to be aware of it and address it. And that's kind of the maturity level, right? Like I, I'm not a mature person. I do stupid shit all the time, but maturity standpoint in terms of recognizing where I'm wrong um, or where something's wrong and fixing it and just, not doing it all at once. Pick one thing to fix. Fix that one thing about yourself because once you fix that one thing, it's easier to kind of follow the process and fix something else because the only way you're going to be in good in life and not be that negative asshole to everybody or that negative bitch to everybody all over the world is making sure that you are good with yourself before you allow something to come in because there's always – it's going to be very hard to find somebody that's going to add something positive to your life. The majority of people – 
do not do that. I mean, in my experience, but when you do find somebody that does that, you latch on to them because yeah. they're going to take care of you and you take care of them, but you need to address issues with yourself first before you can put yourself out in the world. Exactly. Exactly. Humble yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's words to live by. Listen, we got a uh, trivia question we got to get in here because it's Saturday. We've only got a couple of spots left in our fantasy football league. Our second annual Packers Without Borders fantasy football league. Fabulous prizes, tons of locations. Lots you- of shit talk during the season. That that chat all of a sudden goes dark <laughs> and it's like, whoa. It's like an, all right. Good. I know. I was in the middle of it until like week two when like 90% of all my drafted players were all on IR. And it's like, so I'm just going to shut up and sit. So just understand there's a lot of shit talking. There's a lot of cursing. There's a lot of go fuck yourself kind of talk in there. Be prepared for shit. Really? Do we have to swear like that? This is a family show. Do we have to swear like that? All right. Poop. (laughs) Inappropriate. (laughs) Okay. So I got your fantasy football question, sports trivia question right here, right now. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to answer this question as quick as you can. You're going to go on to either Packers Without Borders at Outlook.com. You're going to send us an email. You're going to go to our Twitter page at Borders Packers. Bam. Send us a DM. Send us a comment. Send us anything. It's all timestamp. First one in, first one to win, right? Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, anywhere you get your social media, you can get your question in. You can DM Bruce. You can DM Matt. It doesn't matter. Get it in as quick as possible, just like your honeymoon. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Hold on. (laughs) What? Let, let, Let that sit for a second. All right. And that's like when people ask me, when we, when we put sod in for a customer and they go, how long should I keep it wet for? And I go, just like your honeymoon, keep it wet for seven days. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, here we go. Who is the all-time career leader in tackles for the Packers? That's the question right there. Who is it? Who is it? Who is the all-time career leader in tackles, I think you know exactly who it is. Yeah. I don't think I need to tell you, Bruce. I'm going to show you the answer anyway. That way we know it. Listen, if you have any questions for us for Mailbag Monday, Packers Without Borders at Outlook.com. Don't forget to send it to us on our Twitter, at Borders Packers, or Facebook, or YouTube, or Instagram, or DM us at Bruce Edmonds, or at Larson Matt 2 Send us your questions for Mailbag Monday. We will answer them as quick as possible. I've got a surprise. Uh, I'm going to sideswipe you a little bit here. Are you ready? Okay. Let's do All it. Right. For the first time since the Super Bowl, when really I was on Twitter, um, I'm going to make an effort to watch this season without social media. Oh, wow. 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 I, I have... I occasionally, I, if you, if you've seen my feed at all, I probably tweet out like a 12 year old girl during a game, probably six or 700 tweets. (laughs) But I'm talking about the entire season. A lot of it is just mental health stuff and getting so involved with Twitter that I need to pull back a little bit. And I understand the season's coming, but I'm also going to do this. It's not that I'm not going to be on there. I'm just not going to read comments. I'm not going to comment on anything. I'll post stuff, you know, but if you want to know, What I because I just don't want any outside influence. I don't want to get any negativity. I want to enjoy the games. I want to talk to you on the podcast and let everything out. I'm going to read articles. I'm going to do that, but I'm going to stay off of social media for the entire season to see how it goes. It's kind of like going back to football before all of it, right? Like I would do the same thing. I'm watching the game. I'm tweeting, and I'm I'm not going to do any of that. I'm not going to no reaction. I'm not going to look at what people are saying. I'm going to form my own opinion, just like pre social media, and I'll post stuff. And if you want to hear what. I have to say about a game or my reaction, you need to listen to the pod. I'm not going to put anything on social media about what I felt about the games. I'm just going to put it on here. You want to hear what, what, I mean, not that I am the soothsayer or anything, but I just, my reaction is going to be natural without any outside influence this year for the first time since the Super Bowl. I just, I want to do a season without social media. 
You are correct. You are not the prognosticator of all prognosticators. That that would be me. But you know what? You've got an awful lot of correct opinions. An awful lot of correct uh, 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 prognosticating comes out of uh, you, Bruce, and uh, especially stats. Everybody's starting to know that it says stats are Bruce's thing. Matt makes predictions and uh, experience you know what? playing I, the game. I'm probably I'm probably right. 90 85% of the time let's say 85% but when I'm wrong I am like way wrong I'm like not even close to being like calling Packers losses and being the only one right oh (laughs) terrible (laughs) terrible no I mean we were due we were due We we were due for a loss you can't you know and and my whole theory behind it is this it is so hard to go 16 and 0 because Winning one game in a row happens all the time. Winning two, three, four games in a row happens all the time in the NFL. Once you get to game five and game six, suddenly the odds start to switch and it becomes harder for you to win it than it is for you to lose. It becomes easier for you to lose it. And when you get to seven, eight, not forget it, right? It's just like Arizona. Remember when everybody said, oh, Arizona is going to go 10 and 0. And I was like, yeah, here's the problem. Once you get to eight, no, you start getting into that rare territory you get to nine and oh, forget it. Then the odds like double that you're not going to win to get to 10 and oh is like next to impossible. And, and you had Kyler Murray also who his entire career has never finished a season. Well, and I don't know how much of that has to do with cliff Kingsbury or him, but couple that with, well, like you said, there's been only one undefeated team ever. That's how hard it is. That's to that. Get. That's that simple as that. Yeah, so support right us on, on brother. Patreon. Support us on Patreon, Packers Without Borders slash Patreon. Get get on there. Help us get some money in the bank so we can start doing this full time at some point in our lives. That's our goal. That's what we're gonna do, and it's gonna happen, but we need your help. So really appreciate all the support, all the retweeting, everything that you guys have done to support us is amazing. Thank you so much. Audible.com backslash Packers Without Borders, the free trial. Give that a click. You don't have to put in your credit card or anything. You give it a click, we get a little bit of cash. Every little bit helps, right? Every little bit helps. Um, I'll see you Monday. Mailbag Monday. All right. Peace. Go Pack Go. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. You know, they're very wholesome podcasts there, but this one is, this is going to be fun. I'm excited for it. We're, we're fucking wholesome. <laughs> what the, the shit fuck is that? <laughs> we're fucking wholesome, boys. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs>